Welcome to The Seller's Corner, an e-commerce podcast with real stories from real sellers. Each episode, we sit down with online sellers all across the globe and talk about overcoming challenges, scaling, and putting processes around their online businesses. Welcome to the show. Hey, this is Chani, and I run marketing at The Seller List. Today, we're going to be talking to John, a man with a mission. And he's here to inspire you and help you on your seller journey. So what do you sell and how did you get into it? Okay, Uh, we're in a weird transition right now in the business. I started selling books on Amazon Mm kind of as a part-time thing and getting started into it. What I was doing about 99% of on Amazon specifically, and then I was selling little whatnots on eBay. But now we are heavily transitioning into um, like collectibles and toys and video games and that kind of things now. And uh, I would say we're probably doing 90% of that and probably just 10% of books now. So we're kind of a weird transitioning phase, in my opinion, because I'm not used to it because I'm so familiar with books. But that's kind of what we sell. We do pretty much tons of toys and video games. But I got started into it. It's kind of a funny story. I was pretty much doing a route. I was driving on a job full time and I would just watch and put on when I was driving, I would just put on like a YouTube video and set it in the passenger seat and just listen to people talk and just explain what they do. And I was I thought it was cool. So I went ahead and just started doing it part time on eBay. And then uh, soon after, maybe a less than a year after, I was able to go full time just watching them do that and uh, pretty much learning from YouTube on how to do it. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And what's your favorite collectible that you sell on eBay? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I would probably say I'm a real big video game guy, but I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pretty, I really like the old nostalgia toys. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a old 1980s Ninja Turtle lot for probably six months because I'm having a hard time just playing with them, you know, when I was a kid and I just like it. My wife is always like, uh, when you're going to list that and get that, you know, out of the workroom. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not done, you know, not done with it yet. <laughs> yeah. And how much would something like that fetch in 2021? Um, oh man, I have probably 80 figures with, uh, all their guns and accessories and everything. And I'm not sure how I want to list it yet. There's multiple avenues to go. A lot of people usually do auctions on mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but I regularly see loose figures of lots of 10 sell for 50, 60, 70 bucks uh, without accessories. Wow. I would say the lot's worth close to at least a thousand dollars or more. So. Oh, that's great. But yeah, they're so precious, hey? So <laughs> yeah. So, what part do you enjoy the most in reselling? Do you like, you know, sourcing the items or do you enjoy the marketing bit where you get on the platforms and create stuff? Um, man, there has to be, hands down for me, it's just finding the stuff. Mm-hmm. Always been into, and I like to say like this, I always like to go and look at what another person's junk is 
and find value in it. Uh, it's just, I guess the right words to say that I, I use commonly is just the thrill of the hunt. Uh, just getting out there at a yard sale or in a thrift store or something and just digging through a bunch of mess and pulling out something valuable. And, you know, I'm a big person on a lot of the stuff that I sell too. So it's just finding neat stuff and just awesome things. So I'd, I would probably say sourcing pretty good. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's common with many resellers. They do enjoy the sourcing bit and, you know, seeing the value it brings to the customer at the end. Uh, it's just, uh, I really like just knowledge in general of random obscure things. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was able to do reselling, it was just kind of like one of those things that I got to do a job where I could just find random things that I knew nothing about and spend an hour researching it, you know, and just learning about it. And uh, it's just that to me that that's just awesome because I like history. I like a bunch of random stuff and especially like I was explaining nostalgia toys and stuff. And video games, it's like when I find something that I've never seen before and then I get to sit down and read about it. And then it's just it's just kind of like taking a luxury and making it a job, you know. So and then so being able to do it as a job, just uh, it, it's just great. So. That's good fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so do you follow any influences or do you read up any books to help you with your reselling journey? Uh, a lot, actually. I do I do Tell a me. lot of both. Influencers, one of the main people that got me into it was Raking Profit. He was mm-hmm. a big bookseller, and uh, I pretty much just watched his videos on repeat, learning how to use Amazon. And, and uh, it's kind of funny, the, the podcast I listened to before this was Caleb from Phoenix Resales, and I'm only actually about 45 minutes from him. So I watched Phoenix Resales quite a bit uh, yep. with Caleb and then Rally Roots, Harry Tornado, all those guys, just just the pretty much Shed Flip, Cincinnati Picker, all those guys from, uh, you know, the resale community on YouTube. There's there's a lots of them. Retro Rick, you know, all those guys. So I, I just while I'm working, I usually I have a TV in my workroom. So typically while I'm listing or, you know prepping, cleaning, whatever I need to be doing, I have a YouTube video on in the background of one of those guys. So there's, I've just always got something on. But uh, my morning routine, when I do every morning, I have this morning routine that I do, and I read at least a chapter a day of a book. So books, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep, yep. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, so that stuff, I, I read a lot of, I'm a student pastor of a church, so I read a lot of like, spiritual health, mental health, mm-hmm. self-help kind of stuff. So, but right now I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the seven habits of highly successful people. Yep. Man, difference maker. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just read a lot of stuff like that. So what's uh, something that an influencer, I guess, said, or something you read that has really impacted your business positively? Oh, uh, wow. I would say... Not to be a general statement question, but like a lot of resellers say this, especially when you're watching like how-to videos, mm-hmm. they just say, just take the leap and get started, you know, and then don't worry about trying to make it a full-time job, just get started. And I was always one of those ones, like I had a job, I was working six days a week, 
we were providing for my family. You know, we were doing good. And then um, I just put it off and put it off and put it off. And then I took, I was like, all right, so I'm going to go ahead and get started. And uh, I was actually watching, or I say watching, but I was listening to the video of uh, raking profits. And uh, he literally just said, just next yard, so you see, pull over, take five bucks, see if you can find something. And I was like, all right. So me and my wife was just kind of driving around. I had the video playing and uh, I seen a yard sale sign on a Thursday and mm-hmm. then I pulled over to the yard sale and this lady had a giant tub of martial art DVDs and they were all sealed brand new. Then there was like a hundred and something. I can't remember. This was when I first started. It was the first purchase I ever made. And I walked up and I didn't have a clue. Like I didn't know anything about them or nothing. I was like, Oh, what, what's on your DVDs? You know, what do you got on them? She was like, I tell you what, you give me five bucks. You can have every single one of them. And I said, wow. I said, all right, so I'll take it. So I ended up buying that for five bucks. It's kind of funny because he literally said, just take five bucks. And I bought that whole tub and I ended up selling every single one of them on eBay within like the first three months for $20, $30, $40 a piece. So, and there was over a hundred DVDs. So that's pretty much how it kickstarted my wow. yep. thing. Just off of like, just pull over, take five bucks, see what you can find. Oh, that's great. And what were you doing before that? Like in terms of like your full-time work? Well, I was um, kind of in in my own business at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but I was with working with my father-in-law and we delivered medical supplies throughout the state of Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, West Virginia, that kind of stuff. So I was uh, still self-employed to a cent, but we were just delivering medical supplies through contracted companies. Okay. So this is slightly different, and um, I'm sure you like the variety of how things have changed, eh? Absolutely. I was driving 350 miles a day, six days a week, and I had to drive an hour and 20 minutes to the warehouse from my house. So uh, mm. it was about 14-hour days, six days a week, and uh, did it for a little over three years. And I, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of miserable, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you engage with any type of reselling communities online, like on Facebook or Discord? Um, I do to an extent. I've not really kind of branched out into a lot of that yet. I I comment and and converse back and forth a lot on YouTube videos. But as far as Facebook, I'm not a real big Facebook guy. I had an Instagram at one point, but then I kind of let it fall to the wayside. My wife is more of that than I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I say I do a lot on YouTube because I, I engage in a lot of their videos and lives and stuff like that. So, Okay, uh, that's good. That's YouTube then. And so can you walk us through, you mentioned that you read some books um, in the morning or you make it a habit to do that in the morning. What's your typical day like or typical routine like? Okay, like uh, my typical work day, like routine. Yeah. So uh, usually I, I'm a, you know, like I stated before, I'm a student pastor of a church. And um, I've always believed that if you have poor physical health, poor mental health, poor spiritual health, you'll produce poor things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're always in a bad state, then it's hard to produce good things out of a bad state. So I always like to do like, Mental, physical, spiritual improvement every day, just so you can kind of get out of that bog or 
stay positive, right? Yep. So yep. typically uh, it was hard, but I would usually get up about 530 every morning and then I'll go through my morning routine of getting ready. Tuesday takes me about 30 minutes to, to kind of get ready for the day. And then I'm only about five minutes from my church. So then I drive over to my church. I'm usually there about six. And then I just do my normal, uh, I guess, spiritual part of the day where I pray, read my Bible, study, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And usually get back to my house about seven o'clock. And around seven o'clock, that's when I read like my mental thing, business books, self-help books, whatever. Usually read a chapter of that. And then I go through uh, just uh, after that's done, I usually go ahead and prep all of my eBay packages that need to go out that day. Mm-hmm. And then usually I'm done with that about 8, 8.30. You know, I eat breakfast around that time. Then I go to the gym at 9. And then I usually do 9 to 10. 10.30 ish depends uh, on the day with the gym. And then I get back around, like I said, 10.30. Cause I'm, I live right in the middle of town of uh, my little community here. So I'm literally five minutes from everything. So it don't take me long to get back and forth. But then I'm usually home about 10.30. Then I start work and uh, I'll work probably 10.30, 11 o'clock to 3.30, 4, 5 o'clock, depending on what the day brings if it's a sourcing day and i have to drive a little bit then it's typically a little later. but yeah i usually just do work at that time and then you know one of the big perks of the job is you know having the flexibility so if i got something with the family or got something with church then the day's cut short but on the days that i don't i usually work a little bit later so that, that's typically my day so how long have you been selling again since which year um i started ebay Back beginning of, well, no, it was kind of like November, December of 2017, but very lightly. I mean, not much at all. And then I picked up a lot and at the end of 2018 on really getting into it. And then September of 2020, I started Amazon. And then that was, that's how long I've been doing that. So, yep. And in that time, how have you felt the reselling? community has been in both platforms do you think it's grown especially with the pandemic in the past year absolutely i think uh it's grown quite a bit i remember back uh, when i first started going to like thrift stores and yard sales you never really seen hardly anybody yeah and then now it's very rare for me to go sourcing especially for like amazon or something and not run into somebody else you know so it's picked up quite a bit in my in my area so to speak, you know, like I said, I'm only 45 minutes from Caleb and uh, Lexington there. So it's just one of those things that I've just noticed an increase. Yep. And do you think it's because people are trying to find like another means or another stream of income? Yeah, I would say because like uh, the pandemic was pretty rough on my little community and, and in this area and the surrounding areas. So. Yeah. And so what's the biggest challenge you faced in this past year? Over or the has the business faced, for example? The biggest challenge I would say personally that I've faced over this past year, I guess, business wise, is just the aspect of scaling. One of the things that I've, I'm just, it's just me doing it. My wife helps when she can, but I've got two kids. So, uh, and they're both young. I got a mm-hmm. two year old little boy and a four year old little girl. So they kind of consume her whole time. And uh, we were actually able to grow the resale to the point where she was able to quit her job too. 
So uh, she just stays home and takes care of the kids. And then I do this. But uh, she's pretty much consumed with them all day. So just being by myself and trying to, you know, just get enough inventory and get past. I've kind of reached a plateau and I'm actually right before we called, I actually got my first manufacturer wholesaler wholesaler order in to. Oh, uh, that's great. Feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So uh, I should be getting ungated in some brands that I've been trying to get ungated in for a while. So um, hopefully that works out pretty good. But uh, just scaling because like kind of being just me and just trying to make enough to sustain the company and then, you know, take care of the family at the same time, plus get more to scale. It's just uh, finding a balance on how to okay, you need to make sure you're sourcing this many items. You need to make sure you're listing this many items. And then on top of that, you're like, well, what do I need to do extra to take it past the point that I'm at? So it's just been it's just been a little bit of a struggle, I say, in the past year because I've really been trying to focus on growing the business. But uh, for some reason, it's been a little slow. Yeah, I think when there's so many things to juggle, you know, can be a challenge. So has there been any point of um, event or any failure, any specific challenge in the business and ever since you started that, you know, you've overcome or any lessons you've learned from it? My wife always says this is a very sensitive topic for me mm-hmm. because uh, there's there's always one thing that just sticks out that every time I think about, it, I just want to close my laptop and just go sit on the couch and think about what I did. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. It- so it's one of those things. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have to share it if you're not comfortable. We can move no, on to something no, I'll else. Go, no, I'll go ahead. It's not that. It's, <laughs> it was it, to me. It was very dumb. It might not be that crazy to somebody else, but I, I just felt like I should, should have called it. But learning to generalize the answer, I'm learning to use all the softwares. I've just like I was saying before, being just me. Um, I was always looking at softwares, programs, things to use to help me more manage my time and make things faster. So mm-hmm. uh, one, this is reason one of the why I, I got into Accelerist. But I also have a reprice it tool that I use. And uh, I researched it, watched videos, read the frequently asked questions. I, I did all of that. To make a long story short, I missed something. Mm-hmm. And I was using a reprice it tool. And uh, I come across a lot. I was doing retail arbitrage. And I came across a bunch of Delta faucet and uh, they were heavily, heavily discounted because apparently they'd just been sitting there forever. And I got like a $1,300 faucet. Okay. Brand new sealed. And I only paid like 200 bucks for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I was going to make, you know, well over a thousand dollars profit on it. Well, I listed it on Amazon. I put it on my repricer to kind of keep competitive with with uh, you know the prices. Apparently, by the time I sent it in, everybody that was on that listing had sold out. So that was the only listing, which is good. Well, you know, being the only one on the listing is good because it was a decent sales rank. So I was on that listing, but my repricer had it set up when there was no competitive offers. For some reason, when nobody else was on the listing. It repriced it to $12.99 and okay. it sold immediately. So I had a, you know, super valuable faucet sell for 13 bucks. 
it, it hurt a little bit because I was I was very new. Um, I, I'd only been doing Amazon. It was probably three months I was in Amazon. So I was like, man, this is this is give me a good chunk of money once it sells to flip. Right. And just seeing that, because as soon as it sold, my phone went off and mm-hmm. I was working. So I checked it and I was like, no way. And then I went and looked at it and then it was the expensive faucet. It sold for 13 bucks. And then I took a loss because I spent 200 on it. But then I took a major loss because it should have sold for, you know, thousand plus dollars. So, yeah, my wife tried to console me over it and tell me not to worry about it, that, you know, somebody might have really needed that and uh, they got a really good deal on it. And I'm like, yeah, but it still don't hurt any less. So, yeah, (laughs) it's a write off. Hey, so. Yeah, yeah. So learning, learning the software was uh, a big thing. And then I've just double checked and double checked and double checked on everything I use now to make sure I fully understand what I'm doing. So things like that don't happen again. So. Mm, okay. That, that's a lesson learned. And thanks for sharing that <laughs> with us. No, not a problem. So what are your, uh, some hopes for the near future? Do you have any short-term goals and, you know, progressively any kind of big dream or any long-term goals you're trying to achieve? Uh, short-term goals is pretty much the get i'm working from home right now and uh, we fortunately were able in the past three months able to move into a new home um, to give us a little bit more space but it's kind of tight still so my short-term goal is to hopefully i say short term in the next year be able to get a space specifically for my work Mm -hmm. so that's that's what i'm working towards now to be able to get from one room in my house to a storefront, not for brick and mortar purposes, but just a store that I can get in or a warehouse that I can get in that can just specifically be my workspace. And then for the second year to maybe hire a couple people to help. So that's a short-term goal. That's, that's something I'm really looking into short-term just because it's a lot right now in this mm-hmm little room but long term is to pretty much have it self-sustained to the point to where that if my company name is driven missions and we we named it that because uh, we're really heavy into missions and community work and Mm -hmm. different things like that and um, I would love to be able to just say you know I'm going to take a two-month three-month missions trip to wherever and just go and then my employees be able to sustain the business while I'm gone. So I don't have to shut my business down for two months and then come back and kind of restart. Because if you if you go two months without listing or two months without working, then everything you've worked up to to that point is dwindled away, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and I don't want that to happen because, you know, I don't want to think the business. But then just a long-term goal to be able to sustain the business to the point that if I wanted to take a two month trip to Jordan or to Haiti or whatever, I can just go, you know, yeah. so that's long term. Tell me more about your missions. That sounds quite interesting and impactful, really. So what's it about? Uh, we, um, our, our church does a lot of locally, our church does a lot of community work. We have a soup kitchen. We do what we call Matthew 25 ministries, where we 
feed people, clothe mm-hmm. people, do all that kind of stuff. So we have a lot of that going on in our community. We have Celebrate Recovery, where we help folks with uh, addictions and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Our church has partnered in with a company called Unite that kind of deals with the addiction-based stuff. And it's, it's helping people who don't necessarily have a way out helping them find a way out, helping them get to a rehab or helping them get a job or helping them whatever. So we got a lot of that going on locally, but globally our church is with a um, organization called the United Pentecostal church international. Mm-hmm. And they have a missions program that me and my wife are involved in. And actually in October of this year, we had planned to go to Jordan for a short time and help some missionaries there in Jordan but because of all the craziness happening over there right now, it ended up having to be canceled because of just some restrictions and stuff uh, that they had placed on the country there. So we wasn't able to go there. But uh, that's kind of what it is. We we go and just kind of help in that community, help that church, kind of whatever they got going on. We we had um, learned a little bit about a Bible school. We were going to go help at a, a, a Bible school there, uh, orphanage that they had. So, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like goes with that kind of thing so it's kind of in general statement i guess do you have any last bits of advice for anyone starting out in reselling uh yeah one thing that that i learned really quick that it's not as hard as it seems but you got to put the research in so just make sure you're researching your items thoroughly going if you're on ebay looking at your sold listings if nothing is selling, if that I, like I, I fell into a trap of when I first started of like I was stating, I'm really big into certain items, and I would buy stuff mm-hmm. because I thought they were awesome and I thought they were cool, but they would never sell. So uh, it's just trusting the sold listings. If there's no sold listings on that item, no matter how neat it is, just pass. <laughs> uh, so just researching your items. And, and learning that. And if you're on Amazon, trust the sales rank. Um, none of that stuff ever lies. If there's no solds, it's never going to sell. If the sales rank's super high, it's never going to sell. So you just need to research your items, I would say. That's the biggest thing is just making sure that you're buying quality items and not just random stuff. So, Do you want to add anything else? I don't know. I, just, uh, I guess I'll just say it was a pleasure. Uh, Definitely appreciate the opportunity. I know I kind of sped through some of those questions, so I apologize, <laughs> apologize for that. I just uh, talk a little fast. But. Yeah, no, it was great having a chat with you. And, you know, the work that you do, it's just great. The missions and all of that. So keep doing that, you know? Yeah, we well, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Seller's Corner. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to podcast at accelerlist.com. Accelerlist also offers a generous 21-day free trial when you enter coupon code podcast on the registration page. Now is the time to start with Amazon and break into freedom with your own business.